Ashley and Ryan cooperated with the police, and when one of the police officers asked Ashley if she knew what they were there for and why they were being pulled over, Ashley said, quote, I assume it's for what you guys are calling the murder. This is Red Run, stories about the true victims of crime. Episode 56, Thomas, Jennifer and Ashley. Ashley Martinson was born in March 1998. Her home life was difficult from the off and her father was abusive as well as having an alcohol addiction. Her father left the home when Ashley was six years old and although she was upset about it at the time, she would be reunited with him a few years later. Sadly, it wouldn't live up to her expectations of what she hoped having a father around would be like. Ashley would suffer various forms of abuse throughout her childhood from her mother's boyfriends, including physical assault and having cigarettes put out on her skin. She also suffered sexual assaults from just nine years of age by one of her mother's boyfriends. It was in his car and happened whilst a neighbour watched. She blamed her mother, Jennifer, for some of this abuse, saying that she was encouraging him for a period of two years to get close to her. Her mother, Jennifer, went on to date a man called Jerry, who was also abusive. He ended up going to prison, and Jennifer moved on, this time using a dating site to find her next partner, Thomas. Thomas had two teenage boys from a previous relationship who didn't live with him, and he also had a sister called Sandy and a brother called Don. Jennifer and Thomas's relationship became serious, and after having known each other for nine months, the pair got married. Thomas was physically abusive to Jennifer, and a court filing stated that he would allegedly push her, smack her, choke her, and hold a gun to her head if something was not cooked correctly, something wasn't cleaned, or she didn't rub his back effectively. Ashley had experienced this kind of tension and abuse in the home before, and she decided that she just couldn't be around it anymore. She decided to move back to Kansas and live with her biological father. Unfortunately, police were called to the father's home in December of 2013 on report of a physical altercation where Ashley's father admitted to slapping her. Ashley reported that he had punched, shoved and kicked her. After being at the house for just two weeks, she decided she needed to leave because of the abuse and asked her mother to take her back in. Jennifer was initially resistant, but Thomas, her new husband, convinced her, and soon after, Ashley did move back in. Not long after that, Jennifer, Thomas, Ashley and her three half-sisters moved to the city of Rhinelander, Wisconsin, where Ashley turned 16 years old. Living back with her mother and Thomas was proving to be hard, and Ashley struggled with how controlling Thomas could be. He had strict rules, including making the family wake up at 4am on weekdays and 6am on weekends so that they could complete a long list of chores. He would restrict Ashley's use of the computer and wouldn't let her have friends over to the house. She was only allowed to go out once a week and he began to isolate the entire family from the extended family and their friends. He also made Ashley give the money she had earned from her part-time job to him. She felt he was consistently abusing her verbally and mentally. After the family moved to Rhinelander, Ashley's first day of school came round quickly. She was a little nervous about starting a new school at the age of 16, but as she got on the bus, her eyes met the eyes of a teenage boy sat just a few rows ahead, Jonathan Rasmussen. Jonathan got up and introduced himself. 
The pair got chatting and they soon realised that they lived just a mile away from each other and they had a lot in common. Ashley began expressing herself through her artwork, short stories and poems, all of which appeared online, and they did tend to be quite dark. She titled one blog post, Welcome to Nightmare, and wrote a graphic short story about knives and blood. She also found it hard to deal with her feelings and would regularly hurt herself and lash out. One post on her blog page read, quote, Rushing through the woods late at night, deep into the darkest corner where the agonising screams cannot be heard, walking into a small cabin, marvelling at the sweet horrors of blood that I thirst for, I then take the next victim who is unconscious, I tightly bind them to a low table. Awaiting them to wake once more, I clean the dry blood off my tools from a previous session. The last body has been disposed of just hours before, yet I have not been satisfied with the pain, agony and blood. I bend down as they start to wake. Welcome to hell, I whisper in her ear. Never again will you see the light of day. Ashley's friend Jonathan noticed that she could be quite distant and appeared to be depressed. He thought it was likely that the issues at home were starting to affect her school life too. She'd constantly be grounded for breaking her mother Jennifer and stepfather Thomas's rules and this really upset her. She hated being in the house and would do anything she could to get out, so being grounded was a big problem for her. This was all made worse when Jennifer and Thomas learned that Ashley was dating a 22-year-old man called Ryan Sisko. Thomas was furious about this and told Ashley she would never ever be leaving the house. It got so bad that she told him she was just going to move out, but Thomas wouldn't let her. After that, she was only allowed to leave the house for work and occasionally schooling, although Thomas spoke of homeschooling her. Ashley said Thomas called her an ignorant bitch and said she would fail in life and amount to nothing. He ended up taking her phone away from her, but she was still able to contact Ryan and some of her friends on Facebook. On the day of her 17th birthday, March the 6th, 2015, Ashley woke up to Thomas beating Jennifer. She was worried about him killing her and on her Facebook, she wrote, quote, I woke up this morning to my stepdad beating my mum. I can't take it anymore. He's going to kill her if she doesn't leave soon and I don't want to be around when that happens. Another Facebook message read, quote, I've been trying to get her. She just got two jobs now. Before she had no money because my stepdad spent it all. Now I think she's going to leave once the money starts coming in. I want to kill him so bad. Just take one of his guns and blow his brains out. Later that day, Ashley fought with both her mother and stepfather and it wasn't long before she stormed out of the house. She made her way down the street, but a short time later... Thomas drove round the block and made Ashley get into the car and took her back home. Ashley was sent up to her bedroom and later that night, Thomas made his way up to see Ashley to speak to her about her relationship with Ryan. Over the course of the rest of the evening and into the following day, 911 operators received a number of hang-up calls. They could see that they were coming from somewhere in Rhinelander City, but they weren't exactly sure where. Another couple of calls came in with no one on the other end. And then, they got another call, this time specifying that they needed help at Ashley's address. Meanwhile, Ashley and Ryan had taken Thomas's truck and began driving towards an aunt's house in Tennessee. They made it to Indiana around 10 hours away by 8.30pm that night when they were pulled over by a police car. 
Ashley and Ryan cooperated with the police, and when one of the police officers asked Ashley if she knew what they were there for and why they were being pulled over, Ashley said, quote, I assume it's for what you guys are calling the murder. Earlier that day, after identifying where those 911 calls had come from, officers arrived at Ashley's family home and found a horrific scene inside. The first floor landing was covered in blood splatter and at the top of one of the stairs lay the body of Thomas and just below on the downstairs landing lay the body of Jennifer. Thomas had died from a gunshot wound and Jennifer had died from multiple stab wounds. Officers arrested both Ashley and Ryan and began interviewing the pair separately. Ryan was asked when the last time he'd seen Ashley's mother and stepfather was and he told officers that he'd never actually met either of them. He added that he'd been speaking with them both on Facebook the previous day where they had sent a message warning him to stay away from Ashley because she was a minor. One of the messages stated, quote, As her parents, we can press charges. Officers informed Ryan that both of Ashley's parents had been murdered and Ryan told them that all he could think now was that he was dating a, quote, psychotic. It quickly became clear to officers that Ryan hadn't been involved in the murders at all and had no idea Ashley was behind them until they told him. Ashley's stepfather, Thomas, had an extensive criminal record specifically regarding domestic violence, kidnapping, child enticement and sexual assault of a child younger than 14. Court documents showed that he had been arrested a number of times and had prior convictions. The terms of his release stated that Thomas wasn't allowed guns at his house, but when the investigating team went into the house to gather evidence, they found a number of guns all around the house, not in locked cabinets, and most of them were loaded. The chilling truth behind Thomas's true character was revealed when one of his younger children, who lived in the same house as he, Jennifer and Ashley, was questioned by the police. The child spoke about the abuse she'd suffered from her own father, including being choked and hit, quote, very hard with a thick belt and his hand. As well as this, the child revealed that their father had punched her in the face so hard she got a black eye. The same child also told the officer that her father had thrown the family dog against a wall because it wasn't listening and then shot and killed it before feeding the corpse to a bear. He also threatened to shoot their other dog when one of the children hadn't listened to him. Thomas was said to be, quote, fond of killing baby animals in front of their parents and would instruct this child and Ashley and the other girls to watch the reaction of the parent animals when they saw the death of their babies. When Ashley was questioned by officers, she actually denied killing him. She began by telling them that she loved Thomas and he was the closest thing to a dad that she had. Officers pressed her, asking what could have happened, and Ashley dropped a bombshell. She told them that her mother had been the one that killed him. Ashley had been downstairs when she heard a shotgun go off. She ran up the stairs and when she got to her mother's room, she opened the door to find her mother standing over Thomas's body and holding a shotgun. She went on to say that she took the gun off of her mother and put it down on the floor next to them. The two started arguing and Jennifer started blaming Ashley, telling her it was all her fault. The two then got into a physical fight that ended up with Jennifer grabbing a knife that happened to be on the side table. The two fought and Ashley said that her own mother was trying to kill her and she had no choice but to defend herself. Ashley ended up gaining control of the knife and stabbing her mother to death. When asked why Jennifer would have killed Thomas, 
Ashley's response to that was that her mother didn't get on well with him because he constantly hit her and that she would always tell Ashley about how she was going to try and get out. Even with Ashley's initial statement, the detective interviewing her wasn't convinced at all. It was clear to the investigating team that the forensic evidence wouldn't match up with Ashley's version of events. Even the placement of the bodies didn't work with this version. Thomas was found propped up against a closet door just outside of one of the bedrooms in the hallway, not in the bedroom as Ashley had just said. And Jennifer was found lying downstairs, not upstairs, also in the bedroom as Ashley had just said. There was also something that Ashley had seemingly forgotten about that immediately pulled her version of events into question. Her three young sisters had all been present in the house at the time of the murders and their statements didn't match Ashley's at all. The reality of what happened that fateful night was that all three of Ashley's sisters were downstairs with Jennifer. They heard the initial gunshot and Jennifer asked what that sound was. The autopsy on Jennifer found that she suffered 35 stab wounds. Ashley's self-defence story was beginning to fall away and left behind the truth of a frenzied attack. When the detective asked her why she felt the need to stab her mother 35 times, she said she didn't know. Ashley was in the interview for hours and eventually she was allowed to go through to her cell and sleep. But the following day, the interview was resumed and the detective pushed Ashley through more hours of questioning. Eventually, Ashley changed her story, but this time seemingly being more honest about the actual version of what happened that day. Ashley admitted that the three of them had been in an argument about the fact she was dating 22-year-old Ryan Sisko. During that argument, Thomas left the house and Ashley stormed off up to her room, but on the way, she retrieved one of the many shotguns lying around the house. She said that her initial idea was to kill herself with that shotgun. But when Thomas had come back home and went to her bedroom, she changed her mind. As soon as she opened her bedroom door, Ashley raised the shotgun and shot Thomas. She then ran away from the bedroom and towards the downstairs landing. Ashley said Jennifer was the one who then grabbed the knife and stabbed her in the leg. Jennifer shouted for one of the children to come upstairs, but as that child got to the stairs, Ashley told her to go back downstairs and stay there. Ashley wrestled the knife off of her mother and began to stab her. She said she just remembered, quote, all the bad things that happened to me, that she put me through, and I remember stabbing her once, then twice, and then I black out and the next thing I knew, there was blood everywhere. She stabbed her mother a total of 35 times. After that, as reported by Crime Daily in an interview with Ashley, she turned back around to see Thomas at the top of the stairs. She said that she was terrified when she realised the first gunshot hadn't killed him. She grabbed the shotgun and shot him again, this time in the side of the head. Then, she went downstairs and told her three younger sisters that they were going to play a game. She gave them some snacks and juice and got them to go in the same room together. She closed the door and locked the three of them inside, using a wire she tied from the door handle to make sure that they couldn't get out. She said that it was for their own safety. Ashley was then charged with two counts of first-degree murder, but pleaded not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect. Her mental state was deemed as well enough to stand trial, although it was stated that she suffered from severe depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. After that, Ashley ended up striking a plea deal for second-degree murder and got sentenced to 23 years in jail with 17 years of standard supervision. 
Thomas's brother Don wasn't happy with this plea deal, stating, quote, Thomas and Jennifer are being judged right now by what she is saying about them, but they aren't here to defend themselves because she killed them. The day before the murders, she wrote on Facebook that she wanted to kill them. To me, that's premeditated. They should have left the charges at first degree murder. Ashley told Crime Watch that she was afraid her younger sisters were going to get killed by Thomas and that she just reacted in that moment he came up the stairs to her room. Quote, The moment I saw him, I raised the gun and I pulled the trigger. It happened so fast, I didn't even realise what I'd done. Ashley's defence attorney said that the judge should have taken the mitigating factors that she had severe depression, PTSD and no prior criminal record into account and should appeal because of that. She added that the sentence was unduly harsh and that the prior sexual, physical and mental abuse should have been taken into account. Ashley's friend Brianna said, quote, Ashley is a friend of mine. She's an amazing person who has good things to offer this world if given a chance. She's already lost 17 years of her life to abuse from those who were supposed to love and protect her. She shouldn't have to lose half of her adult life too. She is genuinely a good person who is deserving of a second chance. Ashley's biological father hasn't had any contact with her since she moved out of his house back in December 2013, and after her arrest, he stated that he has no intent to contact or assist her, let alone act as her guardian for medical purposes. In a letter to the judge, Ashley wrote that she takes full responsibility and knows that it was wrong, and that she's, quote, just a girl who was put in a really bad situation, who felt she was forced to make a really bad choice. Ashley went on to say that she now feels happy despite being in prison because she finally feels safe. Quote, I can have an opinion now. I can have my own thoughts. I can wake up every day and know that I'm safe. If you've been enjoying our Humans or Red Rum series and like what you're hearing, please consider buying a coffee this Christmas to support us to continue bringing this content. There's a link in the bio that you can click and you can choose your amount that you'd like to donate. Thank you and from everyone here at Red Rum, we hope you have a very happy new year.